Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into my top 10 actors born in July in today's episode. What's this? What's this? The simply sensational standing ovation of Royal Dalton Musical. What is this? What is this? I'm recording this uh, before heading out on vacation, so uh, technically this is being recorded in June, uh, but I think no harm, no foul. A lot has changed uh, since 2017 when I first made this list. Uh, many people have fallen off of it. One, two, three, four, um, five. Half of the list has has not maintained uh, their their level of quality as I've explored more films from their filmography. And we've got a bunch of flesh, fresh blood, new people, and a lot of lot of familiar faces, a lot of familiar names. But still, as I think there will always be when I do these lists, one or two names that won't, um, no one, no one will know outside of me mentioning them because they don't, they don't get like speaking parts. So let me run down last or uh, last time 2017's top ten, then, uh, and then uh, we'll get into this. So. Two years ago, I made this list. Number 10 was Fiona Shaw. Number 9 was Tom Cruise. Number 8 was Harry Dean Stanton. Number 7 was Albert Brooks. Number 6 was Kevin Spacey. Number 5 was Olivia de Havilland. Number 4 was Tom Hanks. Number 3 was Willem Dafoe. Number 2 was Woody Harrelson. And number 1, then number 2 overall, was Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman. So... Uh, looking at last two years ago's top 10, nine of them were in the top 100, and uh, four of them were in the top 20. So there was a, a pretty high prestige factor going on uh, with actors born in July. And uh, I would say that pretty much checks out. Nine of them are still in the top 100 this time, and four of them are in the top 20. So uh, let's, uh, you know, let's get into... Top 10, June, July, sorry, July born actors. We start out with numero 10, number 10, uh, born July 15th, 1920, passing April 20th, 1998, at the age of 77, from Japan. Uh, with four film credits to their name and an average film rating of 91.25, a value of 8, a score of 68.83, to be ranked 104th overall is Yoshio Inaba. 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 Uh, not on last uh, two years ago's list. Yoshio has 49 film credits in Letterboxd. I've only seen four of them, uh, but they are uh, pretty fantastic. Uh, one of them is Harakiri, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. One of them is Seven Samurai, another film heralded as one of the best ever made. You also have Kurosawa's Throne of Blood. And last, and the most recent one that I'd seen, is Kon Ichikawa's Fires on the Plain. A fantastic film. 
and and Yoshio Inaba, Inaba is more than uh, you know a background character. Uh, hardly, you know, on the level of some of the names that people don't recognize when uh, I, I do these lists. You know, Inaba played uh, Chichijiwa, Chichiwa in Harakiri, uh, fifth build based on Letterboxd. He is um, not really anywhere. Up. He's third build in Seven Samurai. Uh, he is way down the list in Throne of Blood and uh, pretty far down the list in Fires on the Plains. However, he he is one of the titular seven samurai. He was the second in command uh, samurai of the seven, uh, Gurobei. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right. But, you know, outside of a couple of these films, and, and you know, I'm looking down the list here at the other things that he's been in, Outside of one of them, I don't recognize any of these. And it's tough because every time I do this and it's a Japanese actor, typically one that's been in a lot of Kurosawa films, most of the posters uh, that they uh, show for the other films of theirs that I haven't seen, uh, ignoring the fact that I can't read Japanese kanji, the, the posters just look so bad to me. I think like they look... I don't know how to describe it. It's like they're half of an image and, you know, you're missing additional footage or additional parts of the picture on all four sides. So many of them look that way. Um, but outside the four films that I've seen, he's got 49 credits, so, you know, plenty of other movies to watch. The only one that I'm familiar with is Samurai 2, colon, Duel at Ichijoji Temple. Uh, this is a... Hiroshi Inagaki film, uh, the second in the Samurai Trilogy. Uh, he is only in the second one. Uh, I haven't seen any Hiroshi Inagaki films, but I'm very familiar with the Samurai Trilogy. I think the posters for that are splendid and beautiful. Uh, but I haven't, looking at the rest of his films, I'm not particularly familiar with. Um, so, there's that. Uh, Beyond that, though, there's not much to say about Yoshio Inaba. He's also in Silence from 1971, Samurai Assassin, The Challenge from 82, uh, Bandits vs. Samurai Squadron, The Thin Line from, eight, from 66, The Shadow Within, The Great Killing, The Fossil, Dispersed Clouds. Again, none of these that I've seen and uh, or heard of, but... Uh, the four that I've seen, Harakiri, Seven Samurai, Throne of Blood, Fires on the Plain, those are his top four average rated films, followed by Samurai Assassin, uh, Ichijoji Temple is eighth, Silence, The Thin Line, those are his top eight ranked films. So, uh, you know, uh, stands to reason, uh, you know, those are the ones that are most popular, also most highly rated. He could He could stick around on this list if I, you know watch probably will watch the samurai trilogy in the near future uh samurai assassin stars toshiro mifune uh there's a lot there's a lot going on here and i think good odds good odds i would say that inaba comes back in two years time or however long it ends up being and uh, makes makes some moves moves up this top 10 list um but yeah 
Number 10, born in July, Yoshio Inaba. 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 Don't know. All right, moving on. Number nine. Number nine. Someone who was on the list previously uh, in number in, in the 10th spot has moved up one spot uh, in the last two years. Born July 10th, 1958 in Ireland with 13 film credits to her name. She has an average film rating of 69.69. No Oscar nominations, a value of 10, a score of 70.4 to be ranked 85th overall. Uh, and that is Fiona Shaw, most well-known for playing Petunia Dursley in the Harry Potter films. But I had seen all of those when I first did this list, and she was ranked 10th. And I'm pretty sure the only films she was in at the time were Harry Potter films. Uh, well, I guess that's not true. She was in My Left Foot, uh, Colette, which is a fairly recent film. Uh, definitely helped out. She was in Tree of Life. Lizzie, another film I have seen in the recent time. Uh, and that's about it. She's been in one film that I've rated less than a 50, and that's The Avengers. Not Marvel's The Avengers, but the other awful one uh, from 1998. Uh, yeah, not so great. Uh, since in the last two years, I've seen five films featuring Fiona Shaw. Five new films featuring Fiona Shaw. Her average film rating has dropped from an 81.13 to a 69.69. So it's a big, big drop. About 11 and a half points there. And somehow she has improved her standing from 113th overall to 85th overall. And Fiona Shaw is is certainly, you know, a great character actor. I think she really does great with Petunia Dursley in the all of the Harry Potter films that she features in. I really like her in My Left Foot and Colette, but she doesn't have much to do in those movies. She isn't given a lot. Uh, the same in Lizzie. I was actually love her performance in Lizzie, and I think if she had maybe one more scene in that movie, um, she really could have been in contention for uh, like best supporting performance, for me at least, in 2018. Uh, but alas just too small of a role and uh, didn't get quite enough to do so i'm i like her a lot she's been in 47 films according to letterboxd some of the ones i haven't seen uh the black dahlia the super mario brothers movie so uh that's not going to help her out dorian gray from 2009 fracture from 2007 three men and a little lady from 1990 um Jane Austen's Persuasion, The English Teacher, Catch and Release, uh, The Hippopotamus from 2017, Jane Eyre from 96, RKO 281, Undercover Blues, uh, The White King, Anna Karenina from 97, and uh, so on and so on and so on. Um, so yeah, I, it's... It's always, I'm always conflicted. You know, I like Fiona Shaw. I think she does good work, but I don't think she, ex like I've said this about a handful of people, I'm sure, but it's always frustrating to see someone take a spot in this top 10 list that hasn't been, the roles that they've had are, you know, she hasn't been in like 50 movies, like some of the other extra sort of actors that I've, you know, included. And she also isn't a main character in any of the movies that she's in. And so it's just, it's, it's tough to balance. And uh, it's one of the flaws of 
ranking people this way and, and how my system works and to that end and how I will always you know phrase it like this is not the best actors this is you know the top 10 uh, and and that is interpreted a little bit differently so Fiona Shaw uh, doesn't look see I don't think she has anything on the horizon uh, she has one 2019 film credit, according to Letterboxd right now, which is Out of Innocence, which I don't know anything about, but it's not out yet. It is a crime drama, and it stars no one else that I am familiar with. So, Fiona Shaw, my number nine, born in July. Number nine. Number eight is another new name. To this list, born July 26, 1922, passing December 26, 2000 at the age of 78, from Illinois, with 14 film credits to his name, an average film rating of 70.07, two Oscar nominations that I've seen, and both of them were Oscar wins for him, uh, a value of 10, a score of 71.31, to be ranked 73rd overall, is Jason Robards. Jason Robards, and I don't, I don't know if he makes the top ten uh, list from from decades, as far as the decades are concerned. Let me see if he did. Uh, he did. Okay, he did. Awesome. And uh, nothing has changed. Apparently, he has the exact same statistics. So, Jason Robards here coming in eighth uh, in the monthly version of the top 10 list uh, was not there two years ago and some of his fantastic films that he has been a part of uh, Philadelphia, All the President's Men, Once Upon a Time in the West, Magnolia, Parenthood, uh, just to name a few uh, which doesn't include things like Tora 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 or Julia which for which he was an Oscar winner uh, he won his second for All the President's Men. Uh, there's also Enemy of the State, which I think is quite enjoyable. The Night They Raided Minsky's is a lot of fun. Crimson Tide, Long Day's Journey into Night, Quick Change, Something Wicked This Way Comes, and the only film of his that gets below a 50 for me at the moment is A Boy and His Dog. A Boy and His Dog, uh, which is a sci-fi film that... I'd heard decent things about, but it didn't completely work for me. It's not awful, but it fell in the you know high mid forties for me when it was all said and done. So, Jason Robards, great actor. I, I think you know he is pretty fantastic, uh, pretty much across the board. You know, you look at any of these films that he's featured in, and uh, he's always going to give you a good performance. He's He's very adept at playing more of a, a you know antagonistic villainous role, uh, and I think it works really well with his face. But I, I do also love when he's not the bad guy. Um, I think that's a lot of fun too. Uh, my 14 films that I've seen are just 13% of his 107 credits, according to Letterboxd. We have some films here that I haven't seen, including Mein Liebster Fiend, from featuring Klaus Kinski. Uh, Sam Peckinpah's Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid, Burden of Dreams from 82, uh, Johnny Got His Gun, Melvin and Howard, The Ballad of Cable Hogue, The Paper, The Day After, uh, Beloved, 
the Adventures of Huck Finn. A Thousand Clowns. Dream a Little Dream. Bright Lights Big City. Isadora. The St. Valentine's Day Massacre. A Thousand Acres. And many, many others. Raise the Titanic. Is that a sequel? Hmm. Doesn't look like a sequel. But it does look garbage. Okay. Uh, so... I think there's a lot of films from Jason Robards left that I need to discover and, and experience that would probably be very good and actually improve his chant, his standings here. Uh, sorting his list, his his films by average rating, bunch of films show up uh, ahead of a lot of the ones I've seen and, and really liked. So it could go either way. Uh, you know, he certainly has a couple on here that I didn't, you know, I don't think look too promising. Uh, like, let's see, like, the paper doesn't seem, like, that's kind of questionable. Beloved, Hour of the Gun, My Antonia, Isadora, Fools from 1970, Tender is the Night, uh, Heidi from 1993. There's definitely going to be some, some, some landmines to avoid uh, if he wants to stay in this top ten list. But I think the potential is there, and since I, you know, I haven't seen a single film that he's been in for at least a year now. Uh, there's a good odds I only see like one or two next, you know, maybe three by the next time. So questionable, questionable. So number eight, born in July, is Jason Robards. Number seven is uh, another person who was not on the list two years ago. Born, nope. Nope, hold on, hold on. Mistake. That's number six. Where did we where did we make the mistake? There it is. Okay, number seven. Number seven was on the list two years ago. We're on track here. Uh, he was ranked eighth two years ago. He is now ranked seventh, so a slight improvement here. Born July 14th, 1926. Passing September 14th, 2017 at the age of 91. So he was still alive uh, two years ago when I made this list the first time. From Kentucky with uh, 29 film credits to his name. An average film rating of 65 even. No Oscar nominations. A value of 11. A score of 71.81 to be ranked 67th overall. And that is Harry Dean Stanton. Um... Two years ago, I had seen 21 films from Harry Dean Stanton. That number is up to 29. So, uh, saw, caught a few of his movies in the time in between. His average film rating dropped from 70.57 to 65, uh, which isn't too terrible. And uh, he was 81st overall. He has moved up to 67th overall. Uh, so, a good showing in the last two years from Harry Dean Stanton, who has been a part of such fantastic iconic films such like The Green Mile, Paris, Texas, The Godfather 2, Alien, Avengers, Rango, uh, Cool Hand Luke, Pretty in Pink, Repo Man, Christine, Inland Empire, Escape from New York, Seven Psychopaths, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, The Last Temptation of Christ, In the Heat of the Night, Lucky, Anger Management, The Wrong Man, Alpha Dog, How the West Was Won, on and on and on and on. Uh, you know, He's got 138 film credits on Letterboxd. And I've only seen 20% of that, roughly. So lots of fantastic Stanton performances and films. Obviously, you know, you could not talk about 
Stanton as an actor without mentioning Paris, Texas. It is by far his best performance. Uh, and based on, from my memory, the only film that he's the lead in or, or that he plays that significant of a role in, or at least that I've seen so far. And it is it is truly, truly wonderful. I guess Lucky. Lucky is, is the next one of those. And he's great in Lucky, too. He's very, very good in Lucky. Some of his films that I haven't seen. Uh, Wild at Heart. Uh, Tulane Blacktop from 1971. He is also in Sam Peckinpah's Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. Red Dawn from 84. The Pledge from 01. Wise Blood. Kelly's Heroes. Straight Time. Uh, One from the Heart from 1982. Private Benjamin. Ride in the Whirlwind. The Missouri Breaks. Farewell, My Lovely. Down Periscope. Dillinger. Dream a Little Dream as well. Jeez. Knock out a couple of films uh, featuring Robards and Harry Dean Stan if I wanted to. Uh, the Man Who Cried and, and many, many others further, further down this list. It's a lot. He's got a lot going on here. You know, it'll be a long time before I've seen all of his films or half of his films. Uh, certainly not by the next time uh, we do this list. Hopefully, I really hope he sticks around. If not for this top 10 list, he is also with Jason Robards in the top 10 actors born in the 1920s list. Uh, so hopefully he can stick around on at least one of those. I would hate to you know, have any reason to stop thinking about him. So Harry Dean Stanton, I, I'm a big fan. Uh, you know, I, it's tough you know, 77, or no, 91, sorry, uh, who was 77? Inabo was 77. 91 years old, Harry, Harry Dean Stanton. You can't really say that he was taken too soon uh, if you get to the age of 91. And uh, we were very, very fortunate to have him show up in so many, so many movies. And uh, still so many more to, to discover and experience. And uh, for that, I am very, very grateful. So that is my number seven, born in July, Harry Dean Stanton, one spot up from two years ago. Number six is not on the list from two years ago. Number six, uh, she is born, she was born July 8th, 1951 in California. She has 26 film credits to her name, an average film rating of 64.42. Two Oscar nominations that I've seen, including one win. 12 is her value. Her score is 71.82 to be ranked 66th, one hundredth of a point above Harry Dean Stanton. And that is Angelica Houston. Angelica Houston. Not on the list before, making some huge jumps up uh, to get on it this time around. Some of the films that I've seen since, uh, I guess, uh, rather, some of the films that have come out that she's been in since... uh, since 2017, John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum, uh, Always at the Carlisle, Isle of Dogs, uh, those are the only three, there's some some other ones in here that I'm not familiar with, but those are the big three, John Wick and Isle of Dogs are definitely big movies to, to boost her, her stats, yeah, yeah, and I'm only a slight fan of Isle of Dogs, but uh, getting those films helps a lot does uh she was in the royal tenenbaums she is definitely a a frequent collaborator with wes anderson the life aquatic 
Steve Zissou, the Darjeeling Limited, uh, also featuring on her list. She's in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, 50-50. This is Spinal Tap, Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values. Adam's Family Values is one I've definitely seen recently. Buffalo 66 is another film I've seen recently that is great. She is in The Player, uh, Crimes and Misdemeanors, The Grifters, uh, the, the First Casino Royale, Pritzi's Honor, The Big Year, uh, Daddy Daycare. She is a voice in a lot of the animated uh, Tinkerbell movies, of which I've seen a few. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, Angelica Houston. Not, not actually, I'm not a huge fan uh, of her often. I, I thought she did pretty good in John Wick 3, uh, but, and, and you know, when I was doing research for the 2011 Circle of Film Awards and watching clips from 5050, you know, when she showed up, I, I wasn't upset by her, and so maybe I've kind of come around at this point. I remember, though, in the past, you know, especially when I went through and watched all the Wes Anderson films for the first time, and uh, watching The Addams Family, she was one of my least favorite parts of that movie, uh, and I thought she did a great job. I mean, she's great in Adam's Family Values, and I don't know. I, I guess my my own um, perception of her has has changed and and developed as I've gone along. Uh, her Oscar came from her performance in uh, Pritzi's Honor. I'm not mistaken. Yes, her Oscar came from Pritzi's Honor. She was also nominated for her role in The Grifters, which I didn't quite, didn't really like, but uh, was not, it's not awful, but I, I wasn't a huge fan of The Grifters. My favorite film that she's featured in has have been 50-50. Uh, she's also in an animated film uh, that I don't think is too widely known, and I don't even see it on this list here. Uh, but that is A Cat in Paris. Cat in Paris. Uh, maybe she is the English voiceover performer. But Cat in Paris is pretty spectacular. Crimes and Misdemeanors uh, and Royal Tenenbaums. She's always good. I, I don't think I have an issue with the level of quality and that she brings to her roles. I just think it's more of a, I don't know, an, an aesthetic. Uh, I had the same problem with Mark Ruffalo uh, years ago. And I guess I'm not quite as disappointed. Uh, he doesn't bother me as much anymore, and neither does she. So I guess I'm over it. Uh, as far as films coming out, uh, the only film listed on here that she has upcoming is Arctic Justice Thunder Squad, which is a voice role that looks like some hot garbage. So uh, I don't know. That's We'll see if she can hold on to this uh, tenuous position at number six. Born in July, that is Angelica Houston. Angelica Houston. Number five is someone who has been on the list two years for two years now. Uh, he was ranked seventh at the time. He has moved up two spots to number fifth, number five. Born July 22nd, 1947, from California, uh, with 17 film credits to his name, an average film rating of 69.06, one Oscar nomination, and no wins. He has a score of 74.29 off of a value of 12 and a half ranked 38th overall is Albert Brooks 
talked about him uh, when we talked a lot when we talked about Drive uh, during the 2011 Circle of Film Awards. So I will reiterate, you know, all the positive things that I said about him at the time. Two years ago, he was ranked 66th overall. He has jumped up 28 spots. He had been in 15 films that I've seen. So I only saw two films uh, with Albert Brooks in the last two years. Uh, I'm not even sure which two those would be. But I guess um, one of them would have to be I Love You, Daddy from Louis C.K., which was not great. So what would have the other one what would the other one have been? Um, doesn't make any sense. It would have to be a good movie to improve his score. So I'm not sure. I do not know. The Little Prince? Nah, I definitely saw that before 2017. Maybe Exploring the Reef? I feel like I'd seen that already. Feel like I'd seen it. Hmm. I don't know. Couldn't be broadcast news. I feel like I definitely saw that well before. Yeah, that was in 2016. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what the second film was, but it happened. It was in there somewhere. Somewhere. So, uh, no new films listed for Albert Brooks. Some of the ones of his I haven't seen uh, are... Modern Romance, Lost in America, Real Life, Private Benjamin, Mother from 1996, The Muse, The In-Laws, The Scout, I'll Do Anything, My First Mister, uh, Unfaithfully Yours, Critical Care, and Looking for Comedy in the Muslim World. Albert Brooks, uh, typically a comedian, uh, is actually, you know, he got his Academy Award nomination for Broadcast News, but like I talked about, you know, when we talked about Drive, like he is not a comedian in that movie. He is not a comedian. It's not a comedic role, and he is unhinged, and it is great. He is brilliant as the voice of Marlon in Finding Nemo, and um, yeah, I just he he's always a solid performer. I'm never disappointed when he's in a movie, and you know, even when it's. I don't know, like Dr. Doolittle. He's probably a voice in that, right? Gotta imagine. Jake the Tiger. Jake the Tiger. Yeah. So Albert Brooks. I would watch you know, if I'm if I'm selling you on Albert Brooks, I'd say watch Drive, watch Finding Nemo, and watch Broadcast News. I think those are the big three from a film perspective for me. I am interested to see uh, some of the other films of his, because he's only got thirty-two. I've seen more than half of them already. He isn't in a ton of films. He's done a lot of TV. I remember seeing him in uh, Weeds. I liked him in Weeds. But, yeah. Albert Brooks. I'm, I'm pleased. He, he moves up two spots. Uh, I think it's more of an, a, a battle of attrition and not tanking. You know, not just, just losing all... You know, not being in bad movies is uh, really all that it takes. So, number six, number five, number five, uh, up two spots from 2017 is Albert Brooks. Albert Brooks. Number five is someone who was not on the list two years ago. 
Number four, jeez, <laughs> number four, someone who was not on the list two years ago, born July 5th, 1968 from California. He has 17 film credits to his name, an average film rating of 71.88, no Oscar nominations, a value of 13.5, and, and a score of 77.82. To be ranked 18th overall, we are in the top 20 with Michael Stuhlbarg. Michael Stuhlbarg. Yes, I love it. Uh, shame he has not been nominated for an Oscar. He has given some pretty splendid performances from Shape of Water to Call Me By Your Name, uh, both in the same year. A Serious Man is fantastic. Uh, and he, like Albert Brooks, only has 33 film credits. I've uh, seen more than half of them, you know, low 30s. I think Albert Brooks had 32, 33. 17 of those, more than half. Uh, Arrival, Shape of Water, Call Me Our Name. He was in Doctor Strange for a hot minute. The Post. Uh, Hugo, Steve Jobs, Lincoln, Blue Jasmine, Seven Psychopaths, A Serious Man, Trumbo, Miss Sloan, Hitchcock, uh, Pawn Sacrifice After School. A lot of good movies on his resume. A lot of great performances. He is very selective, apparently. If I... And, I mean, it works out, you know, Arrival, Shape of Water, Hugo, The Post, Call Me, uh, Lincoln, you know, all these movies, Oscar-caliber movies, uh, Best Picture, Writing, Acting, all that stuff. A lot of great films to choose from if you're watching Stuhlbarg. Uh, but he wasn't on the list two years ago. I don't even know if he was on the spreadsheet two years ago, to be honest. Uh, but the things that I've seen him in since then... Uh, since that episode were Call Me By Your Name, Shape of Water, and The Post, which all improved his score. So uh, maybe he just was a little further down. Uh, maybe he missed out by a few minutes. A few, not minutes, points. Um, I, I'm a huge fan. I think he's fantastic in Call Me By Your Name. And I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. And uh, it's a shame he hasn't been nominated or you know, recognized in that way. But he's still young. His time will come. Some of the films of his I haven't seen. Body of Lies from 2008. Cold Souls from 2009. Miles Ahead from 2015. Cut Bank. And then a bunch of small stuff that I'm not sure really counts as movies. Uh, you know, a lot of that junk that's always at the bottom of letterboxed lists. So there aren't, a, there aren't a ton of things to watch uh, for Stuhlbarg. I don't particularly think the films left to see that aren't, you know, short films and things like that are going to do him any favors, I guess I would say. So I'm not chomping at the bit to go see Miles Ahead or Body of Lies, but it'll have to be done at some point. So that is number four, Michael Stuhlbarg. Keep your eyes on him. He he's gonna he's gonna have that movie. You know, I think a lot of people thought that would be Call Me by Your Name, but he's gonna have that movie, and uh, sooner sooner than later, sooner rather than later. Number four, born in July, Michael Stuhlbarg. All right, number three is someone who was on the list two years ago. They're in the same spot, uh, third then, third now. Born July 22nd, 1955 in Wisconsin. 
with 53 films to their name, an average film rating of 61.77, four Oscar nominations without a win yet, a value of 20, a score of 79.53 to be ranked 12th overall, is Willem Dafoe. He was ranked third three, uh, two years ago. He, ha- he was ranked 18th overall, so he has moved up six spots in that regard. I had seen him in 35 films two years ago, and now I've seen him in 53. He has been in 18 films that I've seen in the last two years, which is pretty insane. His average film rating has dropped from 65.2 to 61.77, which is pretty respectable. That's a lot of movies, and I think most people, if I watched 18 films of theirs, would plummet on these lists. And so, you know, he has been very, very fortunate. Very fortunate. Uh, some of the films of his between now and, and 2017 that I have seen include, as soon as I get there, uh, probably going to include The Florida Project, Death Note, Murder on the Orient Express, At Eternity's Gate, Vox Lux, Aquaman. Uh, so that's the other thing. He is incredibly prolific. Um, what Happened to Monday uh, is another Netflix film. I haven't seen that. And there's you know a handful of other movies in here that haven't come out yet or I just haven't seen. He's in The Lighthouse, The French Dispatch, Motherless Brooklyn, The Last Thing He Wanted. Uh, he's got like eight film, seven film credits here from 2019. And guy, guy, guy doesn't stop. He never stops. He's got 138 film credits on Letterboxd. So I've seen just shy of 40%, which is crazy. Uh, as he's one of the most seen actors I have on my list. Some of the films, from a popularity standpoint of his that I haven't seen yet, include Wild at Heart, What Happened to Monday, The Lighthouse, uh, Daybreakers, Heaven's Gate, Clear and Present Danger, Speed 2, Basquiat, Dog Eat Dog, Manderley, New Rose Hotel, Pasolini, The Vampire's Assistant, uh, Light Sleeper, Boondock Saints 2, Autofocus, 444, Last Day on Earth, The Loveless, uh, Far Away So Close, Go Go Tales, The uh, Just Mountain, Animal Factory, Love Antosha, Adam Resurrected, A Family Man, The Walker, Fireflies in the Garden, White Sands, the list goes on and on and on and on. And uh, he's, he's there the whole time. So there's tons of movies left with... Uh, with Willem Dafoe in it. I'm a huge fan of his. I loved him in everything from Finding Nemo to The Florida Project to Fantastic Mr. Fox and Grand Budapest Hotel and American Psycho and John Wick and the Spider-Man franchise from Sam Raimi, Aviator, Platoon, uh, Murder, on the Ori- Murder on the Orient Express, Antichrist, Vox Lux, Eternity's Gate, Inside Man, uh, Nymphomaniac, John Carter, The Last Temptation of Christ, even the bad movies, he's such a blast to watch in in, in a role, and uh, one of my favorites anytime he shows up on screen. Uh, perhaps my favorite uh, is um, Shadow of the Vampire, which is way too far down his lit filmography on Letterboxd when you sort by popularity than it ought to be. 2000, uh, he was nominated for an Oscar there, and it was absolutely worth worth it. Um, 
that is the one I would point you to for Willem Dafoe if you haven't seen it. Um, he was been nominated for Platoon in 86, Shadow of the Vampire, and then again in Florida Project, and then finally, um, just this past year, for At Eternity's Gate. So, yeah. Willem Dafoe. He's, he's got the creepiest smile. He's got a short film that is literally about that very thing. The Smile Man, which I love. And, uh, it's just Willem Dafoe. He's great. He's absolutely great. Number three from Born in July, up zero spots from two years ago. Willem Dafoe. Which brings us to number two. He was number one overall two years ago. He has dropped one spot. Born July 23rd, 1967 in New York. Passing away February 2nd, 2014, at the age, the ripe old, ripe old age of 46. 43 film credits to his name, an average film rating of 64.14, four Oscar nominations that I've seen, one win, a value of 20.5, a score of 81.79 to be ranked eighth overall. We're in the top 10 now. Uh, back then, two years ago, he was ranked second overall. He has dropped a little bit. And that is Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman. In the last two years, I have seen him in 11 films, going from 32 to 43 films. His average film rating has dropped from 72.06 to 64.14. And, you know, that's the thing. Uh, It's unfortunate uh, that he, he passed at such a young age. And now... He's not making new movies, and so you, the deeper you go back into someone's filmography, generally the shakier it gets, and for someone as fantastic as Philip Seymour Hoffman is, you know, it's a shame. It really is that, that he can't, can't give us anything else new uh, moving forward. We still have all of his great performances uh, that are already out there from Almost Famous, Boogie Nights, uh, his Oscar-nominated performance in The Master, which was incredible, uh, voice role in Marion Max, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, The Big Lebowski, State in Maine, Ides of March, um, his role in all the Hunger Games movies, The Talented Mr. Ripley, his win, his Oscar award-winning performance in Capote, Leap of Faith, Moneyball, Punch Drunk Love, Cold Mountain, Magnolia, Oscar nominated in, in Charlie Wilson's War, Nobody's Fool, The Savages, Oscar nominated in Doubt, Back Beyond, I, uh, A Late Quartet, 25th Hour, A Most Wanted Man, Hard Eight, Happiness, Mission Impossible 3, uh, for which I thought he was just the best part of that movie, Synecdoche, New York, Twister, uh, you know, it's, it's endless endless there's so many uh so 43 out of his 65 films so about two-thirds the ones i haven't seen yet the boat that rocked from 2009 flawless from 1999 salinger from 2013 when a man loves a woman the getaway uh, my girlfriend's or my boyfriend's back strangers with candy Money for Nothing, My New Gun, Empire Falls, Montana, 
Um, that's about it, though. The Yearling from 94. A lot of films. A lot of films. Still, still a handful to see. Uh, and like most of the people on these lists, I enjoy them in anything. No matter how good the film is, no matter how big the role is, they are the point. They are what's worth seeing. And uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is absolutely, absolutely worth the price of admission to 90% of the films that he's in. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, it's a shame. It's a shame. Dropping one spot to second, born in July, and down to eighth overall is Philip Seymour. Hoffman which brings us to our number one and uh, we've been lucky so far in this list uh, most of these names are very familiar uh, outside of Yoshio and Abba I would assume and of course as would make sense the number one person born in July who was not on the list two years ago is uh, someone whose name is not recognizable born July 19th 1891 from Australia, passing April 18th, 1981, at the age of 89. 29 film credits that I've seen, an average film rating of 68.34, no Oscar nominations, a value of 20, a score of 83.94 to be ranked third overall, currently earning himself the bronze medal out of all actors, is William H. O'Brien. He's got 121 credits on Letterboxd, so I've seen about a a little less than a quarter of them. And he's been in some great films. Absolutely fantastic movies. Citizen Kane, The Graduate, Kill a Mockingbird, Rebecca, High Noon, Ace in the Hole, Sweet Smell Success, Best Years of Our Lives, Witness for the Prosecution, Scarface, A Star is Born, The Thin Man, The Seven Year Age, Judgment in Nuremberg, A Place in the Sun, Around the World in 80 Days, Airport Father, The Bride, Elmer Gantry, Daisy Kenyon, The Heart of They Fall, The Star, San Francisco, Christmas Holiday, etc. Lots. Lots of great movies in that list. Not all of them are good, but a lot of them are. Uh, my favorite film that William H. O'Brien has featured in is uh, Judgment in Nuremberg, hands down. Uh, Ace in the Hole is quite spectacular. Rebecca, Sweet Smell Success, and The Graduate, and Citizen Kane all earn their spots on uh, some of his best movies. Um, yeah, he started during silent film. Uh, in, in the early, early 20s, he acted until the until 1971, um, just 10 years before he passed, at least according to Letterboxd. Uh, he was on plenty of TV series as well, and uh, he's he's got a recognizable mug, all right? He, he's got a great look, and, uh, you know, I wish he had a little more presence, I guess, in some of these movies. The ones I haven't seen... The ones I haven't seen, uh, The Walking Dead from 1936, Fallen Angel from 45, Red-Headed Woman from 32, The Woman in Green from 45, Undercurrent from 46, The Unsuspected, Spider-Woman, A Woman of Affairs, A Chump at Oxford, Action in the North Atlantic, The Patsy, City for Conquest, The Mysterious Lady, Topper Returns, Hallelujah, I'm a Bum, uh, and so proudly we hail among many, many, many others. He was in a lot of Laurel and Hardy films. 
Uh, he's worked with a lot of different directors and actors and just about anything you could possibly think. Uh, it's William H. O'Brien. You know, he is one... You know, there. I get to the point. I'm any movie I watch from you know the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. There are a couple of dozen names I'm always scouring the IMDb cast list for to make sure Letterboxd hasn't overlooked them, so I can add them in. His is one of those, uh, and uh, it's it's I don't know. Uh, it's it's I like it. I guess. Um, I like the statistical side of it. I like adding more information. And uh, so from that side, I'm glad. But two years. Two years ago, he was not in the top ten. Uh, this time, he is number one. We will see what fortune and fate hold for William H. O'Brien two years from now. Uh, as, um, you know, there, there are only so many great movies. And eventually, everyone uh, kind of loses loses points over time. So... Number one, born in July, this time around from 2019, is William H. O'Brien. So, running through that top ten list one final time, starting at number ten, you have Yoshio Inaba, Fiona Shaw, Jason Robards, Harry Dean Stanton, Angelica Houston, Albert Brooks, Michael Stuhlbarg, Willem Dafoe, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and William H. O'Brien. Whew! That is it for today's episode. I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for staying uh, with me the whole time, I suppose. If you would like to find more episodes, you can find those on iTunes, Stitcher, most places podcasts can be found, or you can head over to the website, circleoffilm.com, for more episodes. All the episodes are over there. Plus, you have access to all the top 10 actor lists that I've put out so far, the ones from 2017, uh, the 2017 you know, best actors born each month, as well as uh, in 2018, I did top 10 actors born from each decade. So you have those at, at your disposal. Also, you can follow me, find me, get in touch with me, talk to me uh, at Twitter or Letterboxd at Circle of Film. You can email circlefilm.com. Are there actors that you know were born in July that you think deserve a spot on this list? Uh, are there movies that these people are in that are not good that I should watch to get them out of the list? I'm into both of it. I'm into both of those things. Uh, or you can support the show. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Or you can become a patron at patreon.com slash circle of film for as little as eight cents an episode. Thank you for listening to this. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell. I'll be the same tonight. I know she'll never leave me Even as she fades from view Nothing's really left or lost without a trace. Nothing's gone forever, only out of place. So long, farewell, oh, what I'll be to say. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.